Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Greetings, fungal associates, and welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Alex Croson, and I'm alongside my co-host... Hello, Alex. This is Casey. Clap two peas. John's my first name. Don't look that up. Hello, John. How dare you? (laughs) I've never gone by John. I've yeah. Always, yeah, it's always been Casey. It's my middle name. I think uh, on, on, dis- on discovering that you were a John, I was surprised because you were very much a Casey. Yeah, honestly, I feel the same way, literally. And honestly, it's I think so does my family. Everyone yeah. who knows me is like, yeah, you're definitely not a John. John, John seems too uh, generic. Sorry, sure. every John Apologies out there. Apologies to the Johns. We fi- I'm one of you, just to be clear. <laughs> He's a self-hating John. This guy's a self-loathing John. Wow, that's awful. Uh, I will say you are one of those people that I think uh, I think of you as your first and last name. Mm, yeah, I, I. You know what? I get that a lot. Which yeah. it, honestly, it's a blessing and a curse because people remember my name often. Right. And I feel bad because I'm like, oh, uh, uh, what's up? My my mother was the same. Mm-hmm. She was Susie Kirk. Yeah, see? Yeah, you just like, we'll go get Suze Kirk. Oh, well, we're trying our best. Casey, we have a great tree to talk about today. Yes, we do. We also have something else in the oven. Mm. And I would say so to speak, but I mean literally. What is the rock cooking, (laughs) Alex? I am currently three minutes and 30 seconds away from having cookies that are ready to take out Shoot, of the oven. You're kidding me. I uh, knew you, I knew you said you're going to do that, but I didn't smell any cookies. So oh. I was like, he's probably not making cookies. Well, they got it. You know, they're, yes! they're, they're about three minutes from being ready. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, they are low FODMAP gluten-free chocolate crinkle cookies. Wow. You must live in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> they're a, they're a bit of a, they're a bit of a monkey's paw situation. Oh God. That is so much going on. Yeah. I, I'm such a, like, uh, not a purist, that's not the word, but I just don't do, like, I don't change things, I guess. One cookie recipe that I know by heart, which I make all the time, chocolate chip cookies, never stray. Yeah. Anything else, like, add something new to it, I'm like, no. If I may, that's a bit of stomach privilege. I think you're probably right, yeah. So, Some of us can't yeah. afford to uh, eat you know, good food <laughs> or just anything, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry. You, you probably are honestly going to be a lot healthier than I am overall because I just kind of eat anything. And I think that that ultimately is going to be bad for my sugar. Well, or whatever. I do believe that I will outlive you. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, but I also believe that maybe I will be the cause of your death. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> 
little bit of both. That's a that is like the definition of a self uh, a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, that's like a Greek tragedy. Where it's like I yeah I don't know. I'm gonna think about this and write a book about it. It's gonna think, be it's gonna be good. I think I may fell a tree on your head. Yeah. All right. In a metaphorical sense. Mm, no, it's literal. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. A Western right. red cedar. <laughs> a, a big one. Yeah. So I can't even run to escape it. I've committed a crime not only against you but against nature by yeah. cutting down a Western red cedar. Wow. Yeah. You know what? People are still doing that. The big ones. It's really a tragedy. That's the big thing up in uh, was it a uh, Prairie Creek? Was that Prairie Creek? Oh no. yeah, in BC. Yeah, in BC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're still doing it. And it's just so ridiculous. It's yeah. so. It's just. There's no good reason for it. Is it Fairy Creek? Fairy Creek. Yes, Fairy Creek. Okay. There's also Prairie Creek. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, Fairy Creek. I yeah. believe is the one. Yeah. There's also Buck Creek. Keep fighting against it. Buck and, Creek and a folk artist uh, who uh, I love Buck named Buck Meek. Meek. Look at that, Casey. In uh, about thirty seconds, I'm going to go take these. Oh my gosh. cookies out! All but right. before we do that, let me quickly say: you? Today we are talking about the Little Leaf Linden. Oh, uh, and I told you before. Do you remember I said uh, this is like the beginning of a tongue twister? Yes, like Little Leaf Linden uh, lies Likes to la- lick. Oh, sorry. I well, lies lazily. Uh, licking, licking a lollipop. Licking lollipops. Like a lord. Ooh, let's do the whole thing. Okay. Little, Little leaf, leaf linden lies lazily licking, licking lollipops, lollipops like a, a lord. lord. Ah, yes. Casey, the cookies are done. Okay, Alex, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk for thirty seconds. Alex, you're back. I am back. The cookies are out. I might edit that whole segment out. <laughs> I think it would be kind of funny. And, I think that's fair. And we chase those sort of things here. Yeah. Casey, what is the uh, scientific name for the little leaf linden? All right. The little leaf linden, back on track. It is Tilia cordata. <gasps> cordata, of yes. course, means heart-shaped leaves. Exactly. That's perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Wow. You're, you're good. Are you, you proud of me, Pa? I'm real proud of you. You're doing great. <laughs> Let's imagine that you and I, like every mm-hmm. episode, are walking through a little forest. Oh, I love that idea. And we come across a little grove yep. of little leaf lindens. Yes. So these little leaf lindens, they are native to Europa. Wow. So uh, for those of you who may not have been familiar, Europe <clears throat> basically used to be an entire forest. It was a, it was a huge, big, um, deciduous forest, really similar to what the eastern United States used to look like. Uh-huh. Um, and not only that, but they also share a lot of the same species. So it's, it's a reason I believe that you have such a... Um, why the the like America the United States is so like absolutely Europeanized you know hmm. of of course there was all this um, colonization but all the plants were the same they were just a little bit different so we have other species of lindens and um, we call them also basswoods so linden basswood over in Europe they would call it the lime tree. And so we have like Tilia Americana, we have Tilia Tomentosa, Tilia, tilia um, the other one. Oh, what is the other one? No, maybe those are just the ones I'm thinking of right there, just those two. Um, but those are two like popular species. We have them here all over the place. And there are something like 45 species. So, as you know, anyway, they, they, they're from Europe is what I'm, what I'm saying. But they're so similar to the ones we have here. Anyone who's seen a linden has probably seen either this species or like two others. I see, but specifically today we're 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 on the little leaf. Yes, exactly. And what an adorable name! Oh and, my god, have you seen the leaves? I, Casey, I gotta say, they're little. They're little. 
Huh? They are. They're little and they're adorable. Like they are. They 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 are maybe I don't know silver dollar size, maybe a little yeah. bit bigger. And um, of course, they're heart shaped. They have these little tiny serrations on the edge. Um, the leaves are they they're heart shaped, but they also have like ears. So like a heart shaped leaf. Um, generally has like the lobes of the heart that kind of go up, mm-hmm. right? These ones do that, but they also are kind of like bent in a little bit, kind of like a, a spade or something, where they're kind of bent upwards, a little wavy on the side. Um, so they look kind of like they're, they're cups a little bit. Yeah. and Like, uh, a, like a mouse may stand beneath one and catch the, the rainwater in its mouth. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. What a delightful like imagination or imaginatory uh, vision I see with that. Thank you. So the thing about the lindens uh, is that they are, they're big trees. So they grow up, um, the little leaf linden, I think can get up to like 80 feet tall. Holy cow. Yeah, that's in like the really perfect conditions, but generally about probably 60 feet on average. Um, They grow, we plant them over here all the time. Very popular street trees, in fact. We've also planted them as like big kind of um, specimen trees because they have these big, gorgeous canopies. Like they they get big and kind of oval, rounded uh, Mm -hmm. tops. And they tend to grow more or less straight up where they have like one single... with main stem with branches that come off in kind of arcs off of that stem. A little fountain-y? Yeah, 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 it does. So um, it ends up getting these kind of like overly triangular-shaped canopies. Mm-hmm. And they have these little leaves, of course, so the texture of the whole tree is is very um, pleasurable. It's kind of like, in my opinion, it looks similar to a um, an aspen in sort of the leaf texture. They yeah. don't flutter quite as much, um, but you have that same like still texture of these little tiny leaves, like little silver dollars covering an entire tree. I will say the leaves look quite uh, kind of tender. Yeah, that's a good, that's an interesting term. Can you recall the feeling mm. of the leaf between your fingers? Um, yes, I can. Usually it's somewhat sticky. Oh. And it has, uh, it's just kind of flat, you know, very like, um, you know, blade-like in sort of, I guess I'm thinking of like a grass blade kind of thing. Like a matte finish? Yeah, 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 matte uh. finish. Uh, and then, I don't, you can't really feel maybe a little bit of the veins on the bottom, but nothing too special. Like, they don't jump out at you for texture in your hand. Casey, let's talk bark. All right, so the bark of this tree is, it, honestly, it's kind of it's it's another one of those standard tree barks in my opinion i have a new i have a new word for this oh come on i need one utility bark oh okay it's got utility bark there's nothing to it it just does its job it's just it's just bark it's it's kind of an afterthought by the tree it's utility bark it's it's standard issue they go stand in a line yep to get this cheap sort of just like multi-purpose mass market utility bark. That's exactly what it is. That's a perfect description. Great. It's got utility bark. Can we use that for now? Oh on? yeah, of course. I'm going to use it everywhere now. This Lovely. is going to be. I'm going to put it in a book. Oh wow. Yeah. You better credit Thank me. You. Oh, wait, I'll do, uh, this is utility trademark bark. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, so the the one thing that does stand out about it is trademark. that it's. <clears throat> oh, thanks for that cough afterwards. <laughs> yeah, trademark. Yeah, you're right, though. I should have said it. I'm too slow to do it in the moment, uh, so I man. let you get halfway through your next sentence and <laughs> interrupt you it. to say, trade bark. Hey, honestly, I'll, I'll take it. You can interrupt me anytime. All right. Except when I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, careful with that license yeah, you're giving gonna, me. Yeah, I just revoked it quickly. It's a hell of a green light. I interrupted myself to revoke <laughs> me saying you can do that. <laughs> Well, it does, I will say, end up getting some interesting characteristics as it ages. 
it starts to kind of split and get like these cross hatches kind of going on hmm. um, where it builds up these ridges that kind of look like long sort of X's or S's that kind of constantly overlap going up. Yeah. So they have a very fine texture. They're usually flat on the outside, so they're not very um, scratchy or anything like that. It's very standard gray. It gets lichen on it, the little white um, kind of uh, it looks like paste or something that someone like painted on the side. Oh, a little bird poop lichen? Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. And a lot of people think it's really bad for the tree. It's not. It's just uh, living on the outside of the bark, chilling. Cool. Um, so, but it does that. And then uh, usually as it ages, it can get little bits of moss and things like that growing on the out- outside as well. Mm. Other than that, nothing real fancy. It's uh, it's just uh, it's not a very fancy tree, and it doesn't jump out and, and like demand to be seen. You wow. know what I mean? It does, though, Alex, demand to be smelt. Okay, Casey, mm-hmm. now we're talking. Yeah. I was about to say to you, well, Casey, what does it do? Uh, this tree, Alex, is the best tree in like mid-June, early June okay. due to climate change now. But wow. what happens is it has um, these lovely little flowers that come out. And the flowers are kind of like standard issue flowers, I would say. Mm. Um, the only difference is that they really are tiny. They're tiny, but they are ambitious. It's got uh, five sepals, five petals, five staminoids, which is basically they just kind of mash those all together. And it has a bunch of flowers that come out on one one fruiting or one inflorescence is what they're called. The really gorgeous little flowers. I mean, each one's about the size of a dime or smaller. Wow. But the reason that these flowers are so spectacular is that they come out with um, a little bract, so a little leaf that's mo- modified at the stem or the base of the stem that's holding on the uh, to the leaves, which I think is, what is that? It's a peduncle. And so this... Uh, the flowers come out, they separate out into basically an umbel, which is this flat-topped kind of uh, um, grouping where each one kind of comes out, branches, now you have two flowers, each one of those branches branches into another two flowers, so you get this kind of like spreading flat-topped flower bunch. Okay. And at the base of this, that very first stem is this, this one big bract that comes off and it kind of flips out kind of like a surfboard that's kind of bent backwards and then this little thing comes out and all these flowers bloom all at the same time all over the entire tree wow and they are delightful do they smell good to us they smell so good to us alex what do they smell like they smell like the classic floral thing like a little bit of citrusy to it but Mm. not like too much and not like a rose where it has like that very specific rose kind of scent yeah but you know if you just like smell a flower and you're like hmm that smells like a flower like not a specific one just general generic utility flower okay oh this is it this is shaping up to be a utility tree this is a utility tree for Mm. sure so it just, I love the smell of it. And they come out in June when it gets warm in like the middle of the day, the uh, the nectar just starts flowing. Wow. And the entire tree, and like these get, you know, pretty huge, you know, 60 feet tall. This tree is usually planted, historically at least, in like big rows where you'd have multiple down an entire area. Okay. In Corvallis, actually, where near where we used to live, uh-huh. there was a road lined with them all on one side. And we would just, you'd ride your bike down and on the right side would be all these huge mature trees. They would all bloom at the same time and you would just have this like four block experience of just... <laughs> 
flavor everywhere like wow. the most delicious scent of like perfect like wow this it, it smells fresh it smells gorgeous like it wasn't overpowering it wasn't like so sappy that you're just like oh i can't get ugh. that's the real flavor country yes uh it's exactly what it is get out of the way that one guy no flavor town whoops oh who was that? That's the Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. I was about to say, who was that guy? <laughs> guy Fieri. It was that guy. Yeah, it was. It was that guy. Which guy? Man, that's a who's on first waiting to happen. <laughs> We're just not good enough at comedy to <laughs> yeah, figure it yeah, out. Yeah, we could have done that. We know the premise. <laughs> anyway, you guys make your own jokes. So, uh, so it has these amazing flowers. They will bloom um, all, like throughout the basically a couple week period. And then they turn into these little balls, like probably about the size of, uh, I don't know, half an acorn. Like they're just these tiny little things. Hmm. But each one of that um, that inflorescence becomes an infructescence, which is just all of the flowers, the flowering part all put together is what it's called. Okay. And um, that comes down. And now instead of having a bunch of, say, you know, seven or eight flowers coming out on all these little stems, now you have all these little teeny tiny balls. And those little teeny tiny balls are like hard nutlets, and that is what is then left on the tree with that big bract, and that's a really great ID characteristic. And it's hard to it's hard to like describe this, um, but you basically have a bunch of these little tiny circular balls connected to this like very very thin lanceolate bract that comes off yeah. over the top. Almost like I said, it looks to me like a surfboard that's bent backwards, or like a just a little canopy over the top of these little things. Yeah, it's a little it's a little tongue like. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. It's hard to describe, though. It is. It looks weird. We'll put photos of it on the Instagram post for this episode. Super good ID characteristic. If you see that on a tree, that is a linden tree. It's something in the Tilia uh, genus, for sure. It's so odd. It like, is. What a weird combination of components. It it is, and it doesn't make any sense. Like I, I don't I don't think anything really eats these these seeds uh, inside those little nuts. So I don't uh, I really don't know. So the nutlet is a byproduct of the flower. Um, it is, yeah, because that's where a fruit comes from. Right? right? Is the, it a mature ovary? Exactly. It is a mature ovary, and specifically, it's a nut like droop, not a nut. Uh, so I should I should be clear with that. Well, Casey, I know that there is an animal. Perhaps an insect. There is. That just goes crazy. Uh, there's multiple. Okay. But you know the one I'm thinking of. Oh, I know the one you're thinking of. There's a lot of buzz around this insect. It is the queen of the castle. <laughs> and there's a very sad... Almost comically sad. Almost comically sad, but it's not as sad as the other ones that we've talked about. This yes. is a, this is a sad story that just dips down and then gets better. And as we've said before, tragic tales are best told after a quick break. And a cookie. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary and Cookies. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? 
maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Little Leaf Linden. Mm-hmm. Casey That's and right. I are munching on a cookie. These uh, are so good, Alex. Thanks, guy. I was just I don't want to chew on microphone. Our apologies so to. to anybody who uh, suffers greatly from misophonia. Yes, and if you are into it, you're welcome. Remember how much we used to eat on the podcast? Oh yeah, we're hungry, hungry little hippos here. I mean, come on. What the hell happened? Why did we stop eating? I think I think we people, let the listeners yeah, get to us. Like, yeah, we should never do that. We shouldn't. We should bend to what the listeners want. I agree. What are we? I mean, I do agree. Okay, mm. the cookies have been consumed. And Casey, there's another thing that is consumed. It is the nectar on a little leaf linden. And today we have a tragic tale. Mm, it is. It's so tragic, Alex. About bees and their love for these trees. That's exactly. The bees love these trees as if it is their own knees. Mm. Please. Wow. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank you. All right. So here's the situation. So a long time ago in a city far, far away called Wilsonville. Wilsonville is a lovely city. Wilsonville, Oregon, by the way. Yes. Sorry. Wilsonville, Oregon. I don't mean to throw them under the bus, but this just happened there. You know, this is what happened. Yeah. Um, and essentially, uh, it's a suburb of the of the city of Portland. In uh, 2013, uh, there was this huge event that happened. Now, before we talk about that event, we should talk about, again, these trees are covered in tiny little flowers yeah and not unusual but semi unusual for big trees like this their flowers are pollinated by insects rather than wind so compare that to an oak tree or a chestnut or a beech or a maple any of these other big like you know kind of shade trees Mm -hmm. most of the time they don't put all the effort into getting enough or to working with an insect in order to pollinate them. They just use the wind. Okay. The wind just goes for it, at least up here in the sort of temperate regions, right? I see. So that is uh, one thing that sets the linden tree specifically apart. There are other trees that do this, you know, don't get me wrong, but this one specifically goes out and sets out to find the lovely pollinators that we know and love, bees. And they do that by uh, making good smelling and beautiful flowers yes. that the bees want to hang out in. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. it, the the fl- or the smell is is the nectar essentially and it is what draws the bees in. They eat the nectar, they also eat the pollen. Oh, they eat the pollen. They do. Yeah, they eat the pollen. That is that's one of their big things. They put them in those pollen sacks. I guess technically they oh, give yeah. it to their little their little youngins. For some reason I thought they the pollen getting on a insect was sort of incidental. Yes. And the tree was like, <laughs> you're absolutely right. But it's also a little bit of both, you okay. know, where you just need one pollen grain to land on one other ovary or one other, um, stamen so that it gets taken down in, right? I see. Or pistol. I'm sorry. I keep on messing those up. I mean, this is the worst. 
Um, Don't talk about my friend Casey like that. You're right. I'm sorry. I'll apologize to him later. So you have these uh, these delicious smelling things. They get a bunch of insects uh, that come over and pollinate it. Because I should add, it is not only bees that do pollination. In fact, uh, male mosquitoes are big pollinators. Wow. Yes, a lot of people really hate mosquitoes as a broad subject. Right. It's actually only the female mosquitoes. Interesting. Yeah, okay. they need to feed their young, so they need high-protein diet, and they use us for it, or other animals. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, beetles can be a pollinator, as yes. is the case with the southern magnolia. Exactly. And bees are a really interesting subject. How we manage them is really interesting, and it's not quite as bad as you would expect, but it's also still pretty bad. I'll explain what I mean in a second. Okay. But suffice it to say, linden trees get hundreds of bees all over them every single year during their bloom period. This this tree is like a f- fucking clam bake. It is, yeah. They're, it's so huge, and the concentration of flowers is kind of startling. Yeah, so this is covering an entire tree, and in this, I think it was a, a Target parking lot, yeah. they had them uh, growing there. Now, the other thing that lindens get, the other insect that they um, tend to get a lot of are aphids. Oh. And the reason for that is kind of unknown. I, I, I can't really find something that says, Here's why, other than saying that the the um, lindens have a lot of good sap that they just enjoy. They will go into the leaves and the stems, and they will um, suck out the sap. And the trees usually are just like, meh, whatever. They deal with it. They don't mind. They don't put a lot towards defense. Hmm. So they just get all this sap taken out of them. But the thing with those little insects is that they are not looking for the sugar water. Once they get enough sugar that they you know need to survive, they're filtering it out to get other nutrients from the tree that are going through. So they're looking for um, other macronutrients that the tree is, is taking up, right? So as they go for it and they suck out all of the, uh, all the juices from the tree, mm-hmm. they have all this excess sugar water, which essentially is just completely you know useless to him so they just drop it away we call it honeydew <gasps> wow you've you've heard of this you're familiar yeah i mean like kind of oh maybe i'm thinking of the melon oh yes so it's not the melon <laughs> yeah do these grow into melons <gasps> wow wait melons are aphid urine casey yes. you are blowing my mind hey, this week listen this is a big week we're talking about a lot of different crossovers and genus and species and things what if i just misunderstood everything you said on the podcast and i had this crazy base of knowledge Knowledge and science. Oh my gosh, I would be so that would that would explain why everyone likes it so much. Everyone's like, yeah, no, they they don't know that they're completely missing each other. Yeah, and I would be just <laughs> like, uh, I would just be like traveling around and like hawking my magic. Yeah, and it was like, wow, he did that aphid turned into a melon. <laughs> I didn't even know that was real. To the power of belief. <laughs> well. We call it honeydew. It drips down on cars. And if you've ever parked yeah. underneath a tree and you've ever been like, wow, this tree's dropping sap all over my car, mm. it's probably not. It's probably actually aphids or other scale-like insects that do the sucking of the uh, of the leaves and the twigs dropping their honeydew onto your car. Because right. you can wash it off literally just with water and it dissolves it away because it's literally sugar water. That's right. all it is. So you end up getting this in, in mass. And because these linens don't put up any fight, this happens on all sorts of different trees, conifers, broadleaves, everything. Mm. Just to different amounts. So you have all these aphids, right? And you're over literally a parking lot. So people are like, well, I don't want this to get on my cars. Yeah. Or in this case, if you were the company, I believe that no one even complained. They just said, well, we know there's lindens. We know that someone will complain. So let's let's spray them with a pesticide to end up getting rid of all of the aphids. Okay. So 
it on its surface as an as a layman it doesn't sound like that bad of an idea mm-hmm. doesn't sound like that bad of an idea please continue so if you are to kill a bunch of insects you use an insecticide. Right. An insecticide is generally something that will kill any insect. And so there's um, there's a couple different kinds. There's like a broad spectrum um, pesticide, and then there's a, a more specific pesticide. The more specific one would kill a very specific type of thing. You okay. Know? There are some that will make, uh, that will attack just about anything. So if you kill one insect, you're killing all insects. Wow. Because it's, they're just everything's the same. They have the same basic build. So if you kill one, you're killing them all. And the insecticide used here was... Dinotiferin, also known as Safari. Mm. So there's like the scientific name, and then there's the the product name. The product name in this case is Safari. Okay. Super common. It's used all over the place still to this day. But what they did is they came over to these uh, these linden trees, and they just squirted them down with these big hoses that just, you know, throws all these pesticides. And um, there's all sorts of regulations about it. I really don't like using them for multiple reasons. We can talk about that later. Okay. But essentially, they did this when the lindens were in bloom. <sighs> you do it when the lindens are not in bloom, then there's no bees that are visiting. Yeah. You can just crush all of those aphids and you don't have to worry about it. So you do it when the bees are there, you not only kill all of the aphids, you then kill all of the visiting bees. <sighs> and then, literally, in this case, more than 50,000 bumblebees died. 50,000? 50,000. And there's pictures. We'll post this um, from Xerxes.org, which is um, a, it's the Xerxes Society for, uh, it's the Xerxes Society for, uh, it's the Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Conservation. That is a tongue twister. Yeah, right? (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) You may. It's the Xerxes Society, what was it? Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Conservation. It's the Xerxes, it's the it's the Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Conservation. Yes, we did it. That's like a it's like a vocal warm up for theater students. <laughs> well, we uh, so if you click on uh, or if you go to this, they have a, a really cool um, information, uh, just kind of a, a document about it, a whole mm. page, and it's literally called the Wilsonville Bee Kill. Wow, that's the name. You just Google it, and it comes right up. It's it's not Damn. even. It's like xerxes.org slash Wilsonville Bee Kill. Damn, it was a huge deal in Oregon when it happened because yeah. obviously um, Oregon is a place that has a lot of environmental conservation minded folks. Mm-hmm. We also have people who are caring about if we kill everything all the time. And there are pictures where it looks like someone just took a bunch of like rocks and just kind of tossed them out over a parking lot underneath the shade of this gorgeous tree. And the trees are tiny. Like these trees are maybe like 20 feet tall. Like they're, they're little trees in the grand scheme of how big these trees can get. And it just looks like the ground is littered with little pebbles. Each one of those pebbles is a bumblebee. <sighs> you know, when you're like, uh, when you're like walking on a sidewalk and there's like a bunch of little black berries and you're like crushing uh-huh. berries under your feet, yes, you like can't not walk on them. There's so it, many. That's what this looks like. I know, and it just there are just bee corpses. It just crushes you. It's everywhere. so sad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, in this case, um, like I said, fifty thousand bees were killing, and everyone got so incensed about this. Yeah. And the reason they got incensed is because at the same time as this was happening, again, in 2013, there was a lot of media and a lot of coverage about bees getting killed in mass um, around the United States, around the world, due to this new um, 
I think it's now a fungus is what they found or a bacterial infection hmm. called uh, colony collapse syndrome. Oh, right. And essentially just they would have, you know, beehives, um, which I should be very specific. A beehive is the boxes. It's a, a manufactured artificial home for yes. bees. A bee nest uh-huh. is something in a native situation, like they're in a, a hollow of a tree or something. Good That's distinction. Good yeah. distinction. So in beehives, these colonies were just dying for no reason like they couldn't figure out why over the course of x amount of time like 90 percent of all the bees would just perish for no good reason so they're trying to figure out what exactly is going on there um and it's not it's 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 a complicated issue and if you want there's an ologies episode that talks about this you can also find a lot of information about this it got covered by a lot of different outlets okay um however this was a big deal at the time people were still trying to figure it out they're very worried about pollinators not being able to pollinate all of the gigantic fields of oranges and almonds and all these other different kinds of things that are growing down in, say, California or in any place that needs pollinators to pollinate the crop so that then we can eat the food after that. I see. So everyone just goes and freaks out. And it's like, and you guys killed a bunch of bees on a whim because you just failed to think through what you're doing. And it was it was a big deal. Everyone got really upset, and it's totally worth being upset. No one complained, as far as I have heard, about there being any sap on the cars. Right. The sap can be washed off in an instant. And in order to reduce this small inconvenience of having trees shade your parking lot, reduce the impact of um, the urban heat island effect, um, reduce the impact of all of the carbon in a literal parking lot that's getting pushed out by cars that are idling, coming, going, parking, things like that. You got all these great benefits from the trees. You have to deal with a little bit of sap. Come on, who cares? Yeah. And this and now, um, because of that, people basically said, "Yeah, let's shift our priorities a little bit." And now, I think in the UK or not the UK, I'm sorry, the um, EU more broadly, um, as well as in Oregon, we are banning the use of these kinds of insecticides, which are known as neonicotinoids. I've heard this word before. It's it kind of became pun not intended a buzzword. Yeah, because a neonic is what they call it often are um, really specifically good at killing insects. And neonicotinoid means it's like a new nicotinoid, and I believe it comes from the base uh, chemicals that that are nicotine. And that's you know mm. a plant produces that so that it doesn't get eaten by insects. So it's a great pesticide to be used if you're trying to really, you know, destroy something. The problem is if you use it all the time, you're just killing insects in mass without having that specificity where it's like, I want to only kill this one insect that's a pest, but instead you have to kill them all. Here's my question. Yes. Who dropped the ball here? Oh gosh. You know who dropped the ball and who, uh, who should have known about this? Um, the people who were doing the spraying. Okay. So a private company. It was a private probably? company. Okay. Yeah. So the private company um, is the one who was uh, initially doing it, and the they were like they were hired and they said yeah you know we could spray this and, and uh, kill all these things sure when you want it done like we can put you on the schedule for this date. Put them on the schedule. Go out there. Now, whenever you're using a pesticide, I am a licensed pesticide applicator. The biggest thing that they tell you, I mean, even if you go to a a conference and you hear a talk and they're talking about 
anything that has to do with pesticides, mm-hmm. they have to say, read the label. Yeah. That is the biggest thing because the label says everything you can possibly do with it, when you can do it, when you can't do it, if it's poisonous. I and they see. have like different levels of poison like this is like nah it's not so bad you can probably drink it and then there's stuff that's like if this gets on your skin you need to go wash you know your entire body burn your truck and don't go in near people for two to three weeks yeah so they have all these big things that you know separates everything out I see all for good reason it's all for uh, regulation the problem is these things are regulated by people who have done like the revolving door they work for um, Monsanto then they go work for the Department of Agriculture then they come back so the labels are meant to be very specific but they also like still allow you to do certain things and still say may instead of shall and like these tiny little nuances Um, so someone didn't read the label someone didn't read the label or the label didn't say it at that time maybe they they weren't they weren't so caring at that point because people were spraying this kind of stuff killing bees all over the country for years and then everyone's like whoa we gotta stop and they're like well bees are just there we don't really care we just want to get rid of the this bug and that bug and that other bug that's on all of our crops so the label may not have specified don't spray uh, tree while, went, in while it's in bloom exactly okay so now a lot of them will actually say specifically like you may not spray this on linden trees during this time of year. Well, at least, if bees at least are there present. was a at least there was a lesson learned to some extent from yeah. that awful tragedy. Exactly. And that is that's the real big thing, but the colony collapse as well, like we're learning lessons about that. It is not the native nests that are collapsing, it's yeah. only the hives. And essentially they would have these things on trucks and they will drive a bunch of hives from uh, let's say Oregon in early spring in the eastern side and the bees will just be over there going crazy. They'll be mm. doing all sorts of stuff. Then they will take them down south into California during the off-season when it's too cold for bees up here. The bees will keep working, and they never get that rest. And bees, like anything else, they, they go through seasonality, right? Yeah. So they will die. All the, the drones will die, and then you have the queens that will kind of chill there for a second, and then they build their colonies back up the next year. Mm. It's the natural progression of you know the way these super colonies and these colonies work. However, what they were doing is basically making them work year-round and moving them around. So the bees were essentially getting exhausted, and they didn't have the opportunity to build up immune systems and to start over, and you had things that were not evolving where they had generations kind of doing stuff. So, and then on top of that, we'd be killing off a bunch of them because of pesticides, because we've been trying to just spray all these trees because we don't want anything on it. We want this perfect, like, tree growing with nothing around it. But Alex... We've talked so many times about ecosystems, haven't yeah. we? Where if you do that, you're also killing all the insects that would help with the ground. Right. You're killing all the beneficial insects that would kill off all of the bad insects, or at least keep them level and balanced to a situation to where you don't need to spray anything. You, you can accept a tiny bit of loss so that you can have a, a full ecosystem working in your favor rather than trying to kill everything, kill everything, then all of a sudden, some of those bugs don't die. Yeah. It's like, uh-oh, what, what are we going to do now? Then you invent another chemical based on petroleum. It's just the rabbit hole of our use of pesticides, and specifically insecticides, is just causing a huge, huge amount of, of just trouble. You remember DDT, of course, Alex? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Do you really? 
I've heard of DDT. Oh, yes. Okay, perfect. I thought I was just going to throw out this thing like, oh, of course, you remember old DDT. I don't know what it is, but I remember I remember that acronym. What is DDT? Oh, yeah. Uh, look it up. Uh, it's, oh, I see. It's Wait, a, no. Let me remember here. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, please yeah, do. I think I remember. Isn't DDT an insecticide that was used extensively in the mid-1900s to kill mosquitoes? That was it. Yeah. yeah. I just oh. recalled that from my brain. Yeah, you're so good at that. You're like a black hole that always pops out the right thing. Yeah. I'm kind of like a computer or like a Google. You are. You're basically yeah. a Google. So if it sounded like I Googled something, it's only because my brain is like Google. Is like a Google. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's- I, As far as I remember, it's a- uh, Sorry, Casey, one second. Oh, no, please do. I think it's like a synthetic organic compound. Um, like other chlorinated aromatic hydrocarbons, DDT tends to persist in the environment and become kind of concentrated in animals at the head of the food chain. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, See, I even forgot that. Yeah, well, uh, its its use, I think, is now banned in many countries. It's true, Alex. Well, you have, you have just hit the nail on the head where that's what we did. It would kill every single creature and then birds would eat those creatures and then this is where the book Silent Spring came from by Rachel Carson. Mm. Famous, famous book and famously opened people's eyes to this problem where it's like we can't just spray chemicals everywhere willy-nilly. Yeah. There's videos of like kids running behind trucks. Fuck. <laughs> it's so awful and they're just like walking around like oh let's just go it's like street cleaners except they would just spray DDT. And they're like, running through the it like a sprinkler. Yeah exactly and then uh, they probably went in and hang out with the cats and everything sleep in their beds and like this is the 1950s everyone showered Shit. you know once a week after everyone else did. Wow man that's like we've you know uh, by the way, if I recall, I think DDT, the formula for DDT, um, is 14 carbons, uh, what is it, nine hydrogens, and uh, like five uh, chloride. You know, Alex, I'm pretty sure that's right, and yeah. I'm also just confirming that by memory as well. Yeah, we're pretty smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like, we've we've just, like, so many, so many of the topics we talk about on this podcast, I feel like my, my big takeaway is a reminder of sort of the oversight and mm. greediness of human beings. Yeah. Which is kind of a bummer, but it's also, I think, a lesson that, like, we should be, like, pounding into people's heads. I agree. It's it's pretty, it's pretty, I mean, like, it, that's that's such, like, a dumb, selfish, like, animalistic thing to do. Yeah. Just kill everything that is even remotely not for us. Yeah. And in our favor because it's not for us. It's bothersome. Yeah, exactly. And not think about the fact that nature is a delicate web. Yes. And everything is connected. And that is where I also get frustrated with the hubris of humankind and, um, this is something that I just finished the overstory actually, oh, which congrats. I have to recommend. That's a very good book. Like it, yeah. it's worth the hype, but they at the end discuss specifically that kind of thing where it's like, we just, you know, we're not thinking at the right level. We're not, we're not understanding. We don't see. Well, and that's, that's the other problem that I want to bring back to our tree topic here today mm-hmm. is that we are talking about the little leaf linden tree. Now the little leaf linden and other lindens, of course, but our Tilia cordata will is a gracious, gracious tree. Hmm. It will give out its sap freely without care to all of these little scale-like insects. Yeah. These scale-like insects then are eaten by other other insects, not scale, I'm sorry, the aphids. Um, aphids are eaten by a myriad of other 
insects. Ladybugs. Ladybugs. Great example. Praying mantis mm-hmm. love to eat these things. Um, uh, like uh, mayflies. I think mayflies? Mm-hmm. Sawflies. A bunch of other kinds of flies. In fact, we can release these. You can buy them at stores and send out these predatory insects. Those predatory insects help keep these populations in check keeps the linden happy then those are eaten by birds that love to do this chickadees are famous for just jumping around in little little uh, little groups i guess they fly to a, a tree and they just go through the whole thing at mock speed just rip off all these little teeny tiny insects wow so you get all these little birds that would eat these insects and then other insects they eat those insects and then birds eat those things and then you develop these whole ecosystems right so you have a tree that then also provides the um, these gorgeous flowers. Those flowers are then used by bees. Then you get these wild, huge populations because there's a lot of different kinds of bees. I think Oregon has like 50 or 100 some species of bees wow. just in and of itself. Not the big ones, not the bumblebees, not the ones that are in nests, like singular, you know, individual bees that just have a little hole in the ground. They just like chill, right? Hmm. So you have this this tree that is gracious, that grows and does everything we could ever want it to do. It's a gorgeous tree. It releases all of what it has to the rest of the world and creates this like really complex ecosystem within its one canopy. And then we humans have to come around and we say, no, 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 no. Graciousness is not something that you give. It's something that you have to purchase or you have to buy or you have to in some way modify, modify, monetize, monetize. Thank you. Um, And then you end up finding that, you know, people are like, well, in order to monetize it better, we're going to kill all the things that you are being gracious towards. Mm. And there's a part of me that just really doesn't like it. Well said, Casey. Uh, Yeah, I agree. What Casey said. (laughs) Uh, and I think that's a great point to uh, get into our review. All right, of let's the do leaf it. Little Linden. Uh, I think we should also give a bonus cone rating. We've never done this before. Oh my god! Uh, to bum to bees to bees bees are specifically bumblebees. Uh, honey bees. Honey bees. Oh yeah. Okay. Or yeah. All right. I don't know. All no, right. we're giving it. We're giving a rating to the concept of bees. The con- <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll give our final thoughts on this tree and then give it a rating of zero to 10 golden cones of honor. Casey resident expert dendrologist extraordinaire. We begin with you. All right. So I'm a little sour. I'm a little sour today because I, I hate when people do these kinds of things and I am going to try Alex. Oh, the insecticide, the insecticide. Yeah. yeah I, really I thought you meant making podcasts. Oh no, no, no. I love this. This is, this is spectacular. <laughs> No, I don't like it when people do these things. Like, it really, it bothers me to no end when someone's just like, oh, I'm just going to fertilize. Wow, I'm just going to kill all these things. It's just like, ah, stop. Yeah, just slow down. Yes, just slow down. Take a second. Yeah, walk gently by and realize there's no problem. (sighs) Anyway, um, I will say, though, it is super annoying to have honeydew fall down all the time. I lived underneath uh, another species of tree that did this, and I could not sit in my backyard unless I was underneath a thing, because in the middle of a blue day in August, you would just feel raindrops hit oh, your face. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, ah, I hate this. Yeah. So it's really, it's frustrating. I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, I have to say, I was sitting in the shade of this gorgeous, huge tree. And if I am considering the Little Leaf Linden and trying to give it a rating, I am taking into consideration not what I feel about it in terms of it raining on me, because I very rarely go underneath it. I'm trying to think of the tree 
in and of itself. Yes. And then add in, you know, not necessarily my interactions with it, but my opinions of its interactions. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that a good distinction? Weirdly, it does make sense. Yes. Okay, perfect. So, the little leaf linden is a lovely tree. It doesn't get very tall. It doesn't do a lot. And it's overplanted. It's not that overplanted, but it's a commonly planted tree. It's only great thing are the flowers. Okay. I love the flowers. I love it, Alex. I could ride my bike down a road in June and smell these flowers for hours. Mm. It powers. The eyes. I saw you. <laughs> Me. <laughs> ah, I would, we got like the bee's knees and all these. Ah, man, all right. You You're know, doing it great today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying You're really coming into your own as a, as a, uh, a podcaster. Rhymester. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so honestly, the tree is, it, that's the only thing it's got going for it. Um, but you know what? Other than that, the tree's just uh, fine. 6.5. 6.5. 5. The tree smells great. And if I was standing underneath it right now and I was just cruising my bike by, I'd be like, oh yeah, this tree, 7.5. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a 7.0 as an aggregate score across all seasons. Okay, great. And bees? And bees, I'm going to give bees... <sighs> I'm going to give bees a, a 7.6. Okay. The reason I'm going to give them 7.6 is that um, the they're other pollinators, so they get a little hype, you know? It's kind of like everyone's like, yeah, what's up? The oh. best. And it's like, well, you know what? Come on. There's other things that do that. Yeah. I don't know why we chose bees. Maybe they're the most obvious. Maybe they're the ones that people get stung by, so they like freak out about them. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, they're also the kind of jerks, you know. Sometimes, like the, you, uh, if you're walking by and they're kind of upset at you, they will attack you and try to kill you, especially if uh, if you are in any way um, allergic. Yeah. But I love solitary bees. I think they're the cutest things. They're like, really adorable. They're just little fuzzy things, and they just kind of walk out and like hang out, and some of them grab things. I just yeah, I like them. I like them. They make a cute little sound. They make a cute little sound. Six point five, seven point oh, golden seven, cones yeah, of honor. Seven point oh, golden cone. I'm gonna go six point eight. I just I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna leave it at six point eight. I'm gonna All right. stop. I'm locking you in. You're locking me in. Six point eight, golden cones of honor. For the little leaf linden from dendrologist Casey Clapp. That's right. What about you, Alex? I'm going to be a little tough on the Linden here. What? To me, there's like almost nothing special about it. Yeah, there's really not a lot. Okay, that's fair. Uh, this is a utility player. Uh-huh. Even in nature, it's a, it's a utility player because it it provides, it's just puts all of its points into, uh, you know, pollen. Mm. I, I, I don't think the flowers are that attractive. I've never smelled them. Wow. Uh, so I don't know for sure what they smell like, All but right. I have no emotional attachment to this tree. I feel nothing. I'm a void. You are just stone cold right now. I really, yeah, I, I, I don't give a shit about this tree. Um, <laughs> I feel like this tree, you, you like go to a, a, a store and you're like, hey, how's it going? And it's just like, hi. Jeez, like, I was in a great mood till I talked to this tree, and this tree's just so stone faced. Yeah, could I get a could I get a Snickers, and it just like drops sap on you? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shock you here. Oh God, four point oh. Four point oh. Now this is with my new Michelin star style ah, rating. Yes, okay. So that's like, fair. it gets the it's, fact that it got one star. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. 
Okay. The f- it gets a little under uh, under to 5.0. Mm-hmm. So All it's right. a 4.0. It's a 4.0. And I don't even okay. care enough to give it a, a decimal. Wow. Or an in- what is it? An integer. Stunning. It is not an integer. <laughs> it is a good effort. I've been taking a math class since like 2003. <laughs> Bs I give like a nine. A nine? Yeah. You're going as far as a nine. Golden drops of honey. Golden drops of honey. The bees are I great. I do really like honey. Yeah. I didn't even think S- about see, that, See, this, this is the difference between them and other wow. pollinators, is they, they make something that we eat and it's delicious. That's true, and I do really, really like honey. Yeah, That's, I've seen uh, you eat honey. Mm, yeah. All right, that, that makes me feel a little bit bad now. I've seen you get your hand stuck in a honey pot like Pooh Bear himself. Yeah, and then I got I got stung by all the bees yeah. that were above me. And you were wearing a red sweater and no pants. I don't know know why sometimes i just sometimes i just like to go do it yeah it's your version of going commando yeah i guess it is that was our review of the little leaf linden and the bee casey it's time for a completely arbitrary q a all right this week's question is from lucy baldwin lucy says my first question my parents love plants so our yard is full of shrubberies and such (laughs) in the corner that contains our sewage leach field we have a young mulberry tree. Due uh, to, mulberry. Due to all the extra fertilizer it gets, it has grown very tall, and it also has huge leaves. One leaf is about the size of my face. Why has the tree put its excess energy into making its leaves huge rather than making more of the normally sized leaves? Do malnourished trees tend to have tiny leaves? Mm-hmm. This is a great question. Your fungal associate, Lucy A. Baldwin. Thank you, Lucy A. Baldwin. Uh, the answer to this question, I guess these questions are, um, yes, trees will respond to the amount of uh, essentially nutrients that they're getting and the conditions. So water, nutrients, and things like that. So if you are, have a tree that is in, say, compact uh, compacted soil it's got a little bit of disease it's not getting enough water mm. um, then those trees will tend to have smaller leaves and that's a way to tell if, if it's stressed is that it's not, it is trying to put out leaves that are normal sized all the time or at least as big as it is like genetically able to get normal for it exactly correct and they would try to put it out there, but if they can't, they would say, well, this is as much as we can do here, and that's where it's going to end. And so if you're doing diagnostics on a tree and you see trees like, well, this is a big leaf maple, but those are tiny leaves, this tree's stressed for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And in this case, because this tree um, you know, probably does have a lot of fertilizer going to it, which is just the effluent becoming nature again, those leaves and that tree is probably just supercharged. And so it's like, yeah, I'm going to make big leaves because this is where this is how I can get the most um, for my the most bang for my buck make bigger leaves um but also you have leaves that are different sizes on different parts of the tree for any normal uh tree in any normal situation where the big new tree or the leaves on new shoots a lot of times look different and a lot of times they'll look different because um say the the new shoots want to really get a lot of energy maybe it's from a stress point or maybe the tree is growing and it's it needs to get as much energy as possible to that stem because that stem's growing really fast then the leaves would be a little bit bigger sometimes they um, down in the shade they're a little bit bigger um, because the leaf basically wants to get as much possible sunlight as it can so it's going to have a bigger pad for light to get through the canopy whereas it's going to have normal sized leaves that the tree doesn't need to put more effort into in kind of the middle mass of the tree because it's like ah, oh, well i'm getting enough of this there's not a real urgency to have bigger leaves 
there's no benefit to it. So it's not going to put more effort into getting a big leaf. I see. Yeah. So that one's, uh, that's kind of it. So probably it's doing a little bit of everything here except being stressed. It's really happy. So it's putting on big leaves where it can, but where it doesn't need to, it's putting on its normal size leaves. It's not stressed because if it was, it would have little leaves or littler leaves. Interesting. Last thing, that's actually why we use fruit to tell um, fruit and flowers to tell trees apart. Because even just in oh. one tree, you can get so much variation in what the leaves look like. So if we said, "Oh, that's a big leafed maple," but then you see a littler leafed big leaf maple, then you say, "Oh, that must be a different species." It's, I know, same species. Does stress in a conifer come across in the cones? Um, I know they should be about the same size okay. almost every time. There is fluctuation in the size of the cone, yeah. but you'll see that in the, the new shoots, how how big the new shoots are coming out, as well as the size of needles. One of my old professors did that and um, ended up correlating the size of the needle on uh, whitebark pine up near Bend, I think. Mm. Basically said, yeah, it's actually littler needles every year on average um, if the year is not as uh, not as beneficial for the tree. Maybe, you know, a little bit more drought, less water, snow lasted too long, something like that. Interesting. And then if it was a really good year for the tree, the needles would be just a little bit longer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there you, you have go. it. <laughs> Jinx. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lucy, for your question. If you have a question for Casey about trees, email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. Or send us a voice memo with you asking your question. We could even play it on the podcast. That'd be fun. Follow us on Instagram at ArbitraryPod. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod. Or join the Patreon to support this podcast. For five or ten bucks a month, you can become a part of the Arboretum and get two extra episodes a month on trees and related topics or the Cone of the Month Club and get a unique cone sticker illustrated by an independent artist every single month in your mailbox it's beautiful casey clap alex croson i'd like to dedicate this episode to the fifty thousand bees who lost their lives due to human ignorance and stupidity beauty i agree as well lovely makes me feel good sincerely completely arbitrary good luck you guys thanks for listening to completely arbitrary we'll see you next week bye bye Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barfold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 